Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, mm-hmm. Pat McLean. Glad you are joining us. This program is a financial program. We talk about all kinds of things financially related. Both myself and my co-host, we are both practicing financial advisors, have been so for roughly 30 years. And um, we come here on uh, the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air, talking about things. And the thing about, uh, sometimes people say, how come you don't talk more about what's like current market? We used to, we've been doing the show a long time. We used to talk about kind of the news, like the latest what the market's going to do. That was like, 30 years ago before it was available everywhere. Well, there's that. But, like, if you want to get the basic news, you can get the basic news. Uh, we, we tend to more speak about our opinions on what's going on in some of the financial news. And then, really, it's about our behaviors in response or in lack of response to what's happening in the financial news. That's what's going to drive... Th- Clients' behaviors. Individuals, humans, yes. yes. I know what my behavior is. Well, it's not always good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine's not either. I, mean, like, I know about the behaviors in my life I need to improve upon. <laughs> the funny thing about getting older, too, is some of those behaviors just don't change a whole lot. Oh, People change, but not a lot. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is a financial program. But the, I mean, the point is, it's um, we, we go through challenging financial markets that this is the duration of this is getting longer, right? Yes. So we peaked out essentially early January. Now we're mid July. It's like, how much longer can this go? How much more can I withstand? How much right. more? How many more times are the Fed's going to raise interest rates? How far are they going to go up? They don't know. Is this recession going to be? Are we going to be in a recession? Is it going to be long and deep? They, they, Is they. Is going to ever impact my job? First, I've got thing, inflation, but at the same time, the company profits are down, so they're probably not going to give me a raise that's going to match my inflation. I'm retired. I've got a fixed income, and it could, and and so. There was pricing pressure on um, on labor, uh, you know, two months ago, three months ago, but that is starting to ease. That labor has lost some of its uh, pricing pressure on uh, their employers that they had two and three months ago. For sure, there's the companies that are laying off now. Yes, yes, things can change really, really fast. Really, really fast. Can the interest rates continue to go up? Will the Fed's move? They don't know. They're watching it. They're, they're giving indications. My guess is they're probably going to raise them again, but there could be something that causes them to. Fundamentally, I got to think the more. I, 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 <laughs> we, we created this problem. That's what I Yes, Thank you. <laughs> we created this problem, right? It's like, how did we create this problem? Well, we created this problem by actually a little bit. Giving the Fed this much control to begin with, maybe. Okay. <laughs> and maybe. <laughs> let them uh, think that they can. can too much, too much excess cash in the system. We're nowhere to spend it. You know, it's really interesting. Um, my daughter joked around. She asked me to buy her a Sprinter van. I laughed in her face. <laughs> She's 26. Of course, she'd like a fancy. Oh, so she could drive around the country? I don't know. Whatever. So she could look cool in her Sprinter van and. She's a pretty active outdoorsy person. Like those those Mercedes Sprinter vans that have been converted to little mo- mini motorhomes, and some of them are really rugged out, you know, inexpensive. Four by four. Oh, and then during the the pandemic, the prices shot up to the roof. What was maybe one hundred and twenty grand? Now it was selling for two hundred grand. Yes, and um, but I was just it was funny. It was I was getting gas the other day. I was thinking, how many people who own motorhomes or these Sprinter vans or whatever. Are not using them. Because the gas prices are so high. Yes. So they're... I actually read an article. They are using them. They just don't move around as much as they once did. So they Drive spend, around the block? No, well, they'll, they'll go to one place and rather than spend three days to go to the next place, they'll spend six and then drive to the next place. So that overall, the cost of the trip is the same. They're just not seeing as much. Many places are covering as much ground. According to the article I read, right. I and it's hard. I've heard it's hard to get reservations at some of these spots. 
It's just interesting that the supply demand imbalances in many areas, whether it's goods or services um, that were were a a byproduct of our response to the pandemic. I I don't know how many years it's going to take before these things finally flush through this system, both on supply and demand, the whole supply chain, as well as our response to the economy. It just, uh, but what it, what, what I think in natural, and we talked about this before on the show, one of the natural things that will happen is, uh, uh, is there will be more onshoring of production of, of vital components in, in manufacturing. China is still, the response to COVID is still locked down. Yeah. But it's, it's, if you've got a supplier, if you're, whatever you're producing and you have a key component coming from one area of China, you're sitting there thinking, uh oh. What happens if they have 20 people with COVID in that city next and they decide to lock it down? You're really interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting time. You can either freak out about it or you can look back and say, oh, isn't that interesting? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You can't let it ruin your, your day or your life. That's for dang sure. Yeah. About some of these things going on. Anyway, uh, this program, we love taking calls. If you want to join our program, 833-99-WORTH. Calls regarding anything in your financial life. Maybe you're thinking about retiring. Maybe you were planning on retiring. Now wondering if this is the right time to do so. Or you recently retired and dealing with the bear market by the beginning of your retirement. How do you navigate through that? Trying to figure out what's the best thing to do with your home mortgage or whether you should buy that second house. Or how do you deal with required minimum distributions or Roth conversions or anything financially related? Or someone's trying to picture some financial product and you're wondering if it's the right thing for you. Those are the times you'll want to make a call to our program, schedule a time to um, be on our show. And if you're a podcast listener, you can schedule a time as well. We schedule time in our studios to take the calls. And the number to be part of the program is 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Numerically, it's 833-999-6784. Why didn't they use uh, 833 Allworth, A-L-L Worth? Well, it probably wasn't available. It wasn't available. <laughs> Why you didn't tried. they use that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Curious. I don't know. Or 83, does a toll-free number even matter anymore? <laughs> yes. You don't want to hear something funny before I take the call. Right, so we haven't had a landline in a number of years. It's through Comcast Cable. You get like the bundle. So we still pay for a landline, and I have a fax machine that every six months I need someone faxes or something. Actually, I don't even know if I use that anymore. But the the answering, there's still a, there's still a voicemail thing there. Yes. So, I so it's cheaper other, to have the bundle with that landline yes. than it is not. My so. whole point is, if you called my home line right now, you're going to hear from my daughter 20 years ago, hi, you've reached the Hansons, <laughs> and you're going to leave a message. And you'll never get it. I'll never get it. It's been like that for years. There must be th- hundreds of voicemails out there. Do you think so, your friends actually probably realize that not that's not the number to call you on? I, I would have, well, no one's complained to me. Okay. No one said, hey, man, yeah. you haven't returned my call. The guy from the political action committee is leaving messages. Obviously, there. I don't care. <laughs> I don't even care enough to figure out how to shut the thing down. I'm with you. So maybe the, 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 um, hi, the one who's so happy to hear me. Uh, so, Mr. Hansen, how's your day? That person <laughs> might be leaving several messages. That person. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, go to calls here. We're talking with Suzanne in California. Suzanne, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, guys. It's great to talk with you. Thank you. What can we do for you, Suzanne? Okay. So um, my dad died um, in 2016, and he made my older sister the executor of my mom's trust. Um, But he said that he wanted me to manage her IRA um, because he really liked what I had done with my own IRA. And at the time, my mom's IRA was a little over 200000 And um, at the time, she had about a million in cash. Um, so with the And IRA, just two siblings, you and, you and one, one sister? Uh, and also, I have a brother, but he's not involved in any of... He's, he's, just, a, he's just a factor later is, on. He's not he, involved in managing. Was okay. he a beneficiary is on he, the IRA? He's, oh, oh, yeah. Well, all three of us are beneficiaries on everything equally. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we'll, we will all get a third of the IRA and a third of everything else. Okay. Um, but my question is really about about an issue I have with my mom's RMD this year. So what? Ha- so basically, I created a, a conservative 60-40 uh, IRA for my mom. I primarily put it in the Vanguard Wellesley Fund. And at the time, I, you know, I told my mom and my sister, hey, this Vanguard Wellesley Fund's only been down eight times in 40 years and the and the worst it's ever done is negative eight percent and of course now i'm being proven wrong because it's down down 10 almost 11 percent um so the average yield um over five years on this portfolio has been eight percent um and we've always had enough in her ira money market to cover her rmd but last year, after my sister took the RMD, because she's responsible for that part of it, um, there was a miscommunication, and I just discovered that her money market in her IRA only has 6000 Okay. So now I'm faced with having to cash out some of her IRA funds between now and the, en- now and the end of the year for her RMD, which will be close to 16000 Okay. So let me, I kind of have a. Uh, can we just step, take a step back? Sure. The required minimum sure. distribution is that based upon the oldest sibling's life expectancy? Mom's still alive. Mom's still alive. In fact, Thank mom's going to be ninety. Mom's okay. going to be uh-huh. ninety. Right, so I was getting. I knew exactly ah, where yeah. you I were going. I was getting dizzy there. Oh, no, no. Like, so dad oh died. God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, Suzanne you. was yeah, asked yeah, to manage okay. the IRA right. in place of dad. So uh, mom's yeah. RMD is sixteen thousand. You have six thousand dollars in cash. You're thinking, I don't want to liquidate the Vanguard Wellesley Fund. Is that what you're thinking? Well, well, I think I might have to take it well, out of the Vanguard Wellesley Fund. Well, here's the thing. Not so really. Just a brief, brief overview. The only other two funds that are actually even over $10,000 are the Vanguard Target Retirement Fund, which is down 11%, and the long-term investment-grade corporate bond fund, no, which you don't do that. always been able to I've always been able to count on that fund to do great when the market does bad. But of course, yep. this year it proved me wrong but, and it's down 20, 20%. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm here's the challenge. And, here's the challenge yeah. you've got. Uh, you've got some funds that are diversified. They're asset allocation funds that own stocks and bonds, um, mm-hmm. but you own the entire fund. So you don't have that diversification it, it broken down to the point where you can say, I just want, I want to pull that chunk of it out. But it's easy. This is easy. She, mom's got a million dollars okay. in cash, you said. No, she, okay, she had a million. What does she have in died. cash now? She, she's down to somewhere between seven and eight hundred. Is it? Thousand in, in cash. And when you say cash, what is cash? Uh, we, we have a really hard time finding safe places to invest it. We actually, I just discovered T-bills. So we went with T-bill, treasuries. You know, I get confused about treasury bills versus we got a 3% one year mm-hmm. treasury, got which it. was my sister was really excited about. But mostly we've put it okay. in credit unions. Okay. And stuff so here's like that. here's really what you want to here's all you here's yeah. all you want to do. You take or what it, you can yeah. do. Well, no, it's not. You, it's what you want to do. It's not what you can do. Right. It's what you want to do. All right, okay. tell me. I know where you're going with this, but you you answer the question. You sell the sixteen thousand out of that fund in the IRA to make the required minimum distribution, and the, the same which, day, which which the same. I don't care. It doesn't matter. The same day. No, no, no. Which fund? I know. Oh. We just said the it same, doesn't matter. The same day. Oh, okay. You take sixteen thousand of that cash and purchase that same fund. And then you haven't liquidated anything. You just re-established uh, the position in a brokerage account versus in the IRA. Oh, wow. Um, now, what can you say to convince my sister that it's okay to... I, mean, I wouldn't personally totally wouldn't do that. Opposed. It's noise. She, okay. Why it's, wouldn't you do it's, it? It's, it's, talk to her sister or do that... That I wouldn't hassle. Well, with I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. My sister, no. my sister holds the money that's not IRA money. She's got control over it. I can't do anything with that money. She she has a brokerage. She has a couple. Here's of how I would look. If I were in your situation, yeah. like sixteen thousand yeah. relative to the million dollars, right? 
Not that much. The fund has okay. done 8% a year for you the last five years. It's down 8%, 11 yeah, 8% average. Yes, yeah. right, that's, right, that's what I'm, yeah. Better yeah. than your T-bills yeah. have, or could have. They were almost Definitely. zero during that time. Um, yeah, so exactly. So, if I were in your situation, I well, I, I would have had, made sure I had some cash to begin with, but we're not now. So I would take the sixteen thousand yeah. dollars out. By the way, you're only selling ten of the Wellesley because you still have six thousand dollars in cash. Or I you, would sell that ten thousand yeah. now, and I might even sell. No, nah, I wouldn't sell next year's distribution. I, that's all I would do right now. Yeah, you know, Scott's got a good point. I, if you want to replicate the position, in trouble. If you want to replicate the position, all you do is you just sell in the IRA and buy in the brokerage account. But you've involved your sister in this where you just said, how are you going to explain If it was in some individual company that you love the company and the stock price you thought was way undervalued right now, that it makes sense to do something like that. But why bother talking to your sister about this? It's not in the scheme of life. This is, Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't waste if, first of all, if it was my situation where, Somehow, I found myself in this situation. Would would I call my sister and try to convince her that making this move is worth it? And that's what you just said to us: is how am I going to explain this to my sister? Not, I wouldn't explain anything to my sister. I would just do it and let it go. Look, you've averaged eight percent the last so five I years. Can, yeah, so I can take money out. I can move money within the IRA Correct. without talking. We understand that. What I can't do is I can't. Yeah, I can't put it, but there's another complication. He, um, so when I took over the IRA, my mom and my sister have always been um, kind of enamored with gold and silver. My dad and I have always been against gold and silver. And so my mom and my sister decided independently of me that my sister was going to do uh, a, between five and 10,000 within the IRA in a bunch of gold and silver funds, which I know nothing about. They're just, the money's there. Okay. In other words, we- Did so, they do that? But here's my problem. Yeah, they did that. Okay. And, but here's, my, here's what I just discovered. My sister has been buying more gold and silver this year. She's taking it out of the same money market that I need to get money back into. And I feel like we're working well, across I can't, purposes. I can't. Listen, you guys, that's, you, you know, obviously you, you don't, you, you guys need to come to the, the, the same place on it's, the investment philosophy. Not, I understand. I agree not, with you. No, it's not. It's not a huge fight. It's just, I suggested to her that it wasn't a good idea for her to be taking money out of the money market when I need to put money into it. And she said, she doesn't understand that. Why can't we work independently? Well. You know the answer to that. And I, yeah, I, I'm like, well, yeah, but there's this thing called asset allocation. Yeah. And, and too and many cooks. How can we do that? Too many cooks yeah. are in the kitchen. That's what the problem okay. is. So what you might but want you to find, look, look, take, no, no, what I think you really should do is you, the whole family. a challenge. How much is she going to start putting in needs, precious metals? No, I understand the whole family. From cash has, to precious Scott, metals. The whole totally family needs to go together and hire a financial advisor and then listen to that financial advisor. That's what really well, needs to happen. Well, my dad was opposed. Actually, my dad was opposed to that. Okay, That's we, why he wanted okay. me on the eyebrow. All right. Well, yeah. anyway. Well, it sounds yeah. like your dad wanted to create conflict in the family. So, no, I mean, no, hate- no. He just wanted me. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate. He just wanted me to. Yeah. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, we I can't, can't help you on I that can't, matter. There's a, I, I can't get it. It's him. really interesting, though, because um, to your point, you get, a, you get an independent person, one bad guy, bad gal, whatever, good guy, good, whatever. Like an independent person, and it takes the drama out of the family. Yes. Yeah. And now it, part of it is like maybe it's even some competition. Who's going to outsmart the other? Who knows? Right? <laughs> anyway, let's go to Colorado and talk with Bryce. Bryce, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey, uh, hey guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, I haven't uh, decided yet whether uh, – it's your financial prowess or your humor that keeps me listening to you guys every Saturday morning, but I appreciate well, it either way. Hopefully it's our financial prowess because we're not always that funny, but anyway, thank you. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my call and my question is today is, is I'm looking to uh, uh, buy some real estate prior to my house selling. And I'm, I'm wanting to 
find the best way to go about uh, getting some finances, uh, uh, either be a bridge loan or a HELOC or whatever other avenue there might be to where I don't have to pay a bunch of interest before I even find the house. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Um, and so you're selling your primary residence. You want to you want to secure a piece of property, or you want to secure another home before you sell your your primary residence? Yeah, I want I want to be able to, in a position. I live in Denver, so in that Denver market, it's very hard. You better be uh, yep. having your everything in order. To, and so, what's your you what's, your, house, what's your house worth? Uh, it's about in this Denver market, about eight fifty or nine hundred. And what do you owe on it? Nothing. Yep. And what's the next house going to cost? What's that cost? Uh, I got a cap of about 1.2. And are you going to pay the difference in cash or are you going to finance it? Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a, about 800,000 sitting by, uh, put down and then I'm just looking to find whatever avenue I can get to, uh, give me the rest, uh, in okay. a quick manner. And how much money do you have in your brokerage account, non IRA or 401k? I have seven, about seven hundred thousand in my brokerage, and then uh, oh yeah, and then but a four hundred one k also I have. And that's seven hundred thousand. I mean, one option is you can um, take a margin loan against the or set up your account so you have the ability to do a margin loan on your brokerage account. Okay. Pull the cash from there. He's going to have to pull some. Um, it, how much money do you have in the bank? He's got eight hundred grand set aside. Uh, in addition yeah, to this 700? Yes. Oh, you're good. You're golden. Uh, you might have to use a combination of all three, though. That 800000 if you're going to pay cash for the new property, you might have to use a combination of a home equity line of credit, the cash you have, and um, take a margin on that brokerage account. And the, the brokerage account, how are the dollars invested there? Uh, most, mostly equities. Yeah, I mean the risk you take if you borrow four hundred thousand, um, well, you can only borrow three fifty on it. Uh, but Scott, I just did it with it. We, I just did it. I shouldn't say just did it. No, I, it can work great. It, 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 I, but I, I take, only borrowed forty percent. Yeah, okay, yeah, we only right, borrow. Yeah. So you can borrow up to most accounts. You can borrow up to fifty percent of against equities. Against the equities. Um, yeah, and so what you would do, depending upon if this is all equities, you can only borrow three fifty. But if there's some other stuff in there, you get but a little I would, bit. I, but I wouldn't want to be that there. aggressive. I, I, if I were in your situation, I would, I would look at a home equity line of credit, see how large I can get. You don't really care that much. The interest is a part of the factor, but it's going to be a very short term loan. You're hoping. You're hoping sure. you're hoping you sure. can sell the house quickly. Right, you're right. hoping. You never know. This is what the danger is, is that you buy at this price and your house doesn't move at that price that you're expecting and you lose a little bit more. I, I would use the combination. I, I agree with Scott. I would come in with $300,000 out of the uh, brokerage account, the $800,000 in cash and make up the difference with a hundred grand on the HELOC. Or if you can get a $200,000 HELOC. I, but the cost of money is so much lower on the HELOC and you can always exercise the HELOC anytime you want if you have a margin call in your brokerage account. Okay, so are you saying the HELOC, uh, the interest on a HELOC is less than it would be on a margin? No, 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 no. It's The margin account will be less yeah. than okay, the, bro- okay, than the HELOC. It. So... So this is exactly what we just did. I have clients selling kind of a farm country, buying something in the wine country, you know, kind of rich people problems. And we use the combination of exactly what I just told you to do um, because they need, wanted to come in with an all cash. So you want to use the 800 cash, 300 in margin and a hundred from the HELOC, but make sure you have at least another hundred available on that HELOC that you can draw on at any point in time in case you get a margin call. Okay, sure. And it's easy, and that's that's the lowest cost of money. Lowest cost of money. Okay, I've done it. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've done it myself. Exactly. I'm trying to think right now. I've I've used exactly the same technique with myself. All right. There we go. There we go. These work great for short term. Oh, yes. Do not thinking you want to carry this margin for years and years or using it as a, I mean, as you, a lever if, instrument. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you've got $100 million in equities, you could afford to take a couple million dollars out, a loan against it, and not worry about ever ha- having a problem of a margin call. If you've got a couple million dollars in savings 
and you plan on having a loan against that of any significant amount for a long period of time, you just you need to understand the risk that you're putting yourself in because look, we're in a bear, bit of a bear market now. The stock market declined 20 somewhat percent, right? There's been other times it's been down half or worse. So it, over the last 25 years, we've seen it down half twice. So if you're going to be in that position, just make sure that you can withstand the next time it's down half because it'll probably go down half again in the future. So Yes. And now we're going to take a quick break. Stick around for more All Worth Money Matters. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Good times with finance. Let's go right back to the calls. And we're with uh, Laura. Laura, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi. Um, can you gentlemen hear me? Yes. Thank you for That's waiting, good. by the way. That's okay. I thought there was something. But anyway, <laughs> I watch your, every podcast you guys create, and mm. I'm a big fan of your philosophy of saving, spending, and wealth conservation. I always have questions, but this is finally important enough to call in. Good. So I'll give you the information that I know and then the questions. question. Um, I'm going to be separated from my job of 23 years as of August 1st. I'm 62. We have approximately 1.5 million, um, formerly 1.8 million, um, about 60% pre-tax in brokerage accounts, various 401k and IRAs, et cetera, et cetera. My husband, of seven, he's 77, has a pension of $5,500 a month, approximately. It's PERS, so we both get our health insurance there as well. And are there si- survivor CL, benefits so, on that? Yes. Um, yes. Okay. Uh, I think 50%, 70% or something like that. Oh, that's important. He also gets about eight. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's why we did it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, the number that you gave, that, that you're, you said... You think it's 50%, 70%? Is it 100% of what oh. he's receiving or 50% it's of what he's receiving? It's not 100. It's like, it's, mm, it's like 70, 75%. Okay, okay. You, want, you want to check on that. You want to make sure that that's right. Cause that's, and what is he receiving on a monthly basis? 5,500. 5, okay, and he's 77 yes. years of age. Okay. Yes. He also gets about $1,800 Social Security. Um, when uh, this is, uh, as of August 1st, I'll also have a small pension of about $800 or so. And if I filed, $2,100 in Social Security. Our annual spend is about $123K. And, um, and here we go. Um, I will be getting an approximately 118000 gross severance on August 1st. I asked two fiduciaries for advice and received two conflicting suggestions. I know that that that's not surprising, but I mean, they're very conflicting. And so I see some possible advantages to both and also some risks. And I wonder if you can tell me which one appeals to you. Okay. Guys. Perfect. You ready? Yes. Yep. Okay. Situation we might have number door number three, but whole... anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I expect you to segment, make a third suggestion, but. Just to make um, it more complicated so for put, you. Exactly. Put the whole amount in my IRA and start Social Security now. That's number one. How could you put the whole amount Find in your the IRA? largest. What? Yeah, put the whole. Yeah. How can you put one hundred eighteen thousand? Right how can you put one hundred eighteen thousand in an IRA? Um. You're limited to well, sixty five hundred bucks a year. It's a severance, gonna, though. So she could max out her four hundred one k and four fifty seven, but not one hundred eighteen thousand. That's correct. You can't get to that amount. So um, basically, um, let me put it a different way. Put the whole amount in the market. Okay. Throw it, throw it into my market accounts. Okay. So whatever, whatever account it can go in, put it in the market account. So, okay. And as of today. The other one is find the largest interest on a CD or other bank vehicle. You earlier said short-term treasury is a better, better choice. Put um, some of the money there for now and live on the rest on it and the rest um, until the market settles down. Do not take Social Security now, but rather wait another year at least. And um, the amount 
of Social Security will be higher, understanding this is a short-term solution and the more distant future of Social Security is in question, thereby creating a, an at least 5.9% return on at least part of my money, the part that Social Security I, I, um, would have gotten, that I get from Social Security that I would have otherwise taken. Do you get that? Yeah. yeah. So let's take a step back here. Your okay. uh, the money the 1.5 million, which is split 60 percent in brokerage accounts, pre-tax dollars, and 40 percent in retirement mm-hmm. dollars. How are those dollars allocated? Um, is it a hundred? Are they a hundred percent stocks? 30. Say 70 30. No, okay. 70 30. 65, 35, 70, 30, something okay. like that. So you've got. I think n- it was 70, 30 until recently. And this $900,000 in brokerage, um, how much money do you have in your 457 or 401k at work? You personally? Uh, at 295. And- I actually split out. Um, it was seven hundred and or eight hundred thousand, um, and then I split some of it into an IRA and to see. I, well, anyway, okay. I did, okay. and left the remaining three hundred thousand in the four hundred one k. It is now two hundred and something thousand and four hundred and something thousand. And when did you say your last day at work was? It's this it's August. It's going 1st. to be August first. Oh, I was going to say. So we had, you've got you've got money in your brokerage account. Thirty um, percent of it, or thirty five percent of it, is not in the stock market at all, right? Based uh, upon what it, you just yeah. told us. And bonds, it's 30, 70, yeah. 30 bonds, 70 stock, yeah. stock at their, so, and bonds. So based on what okay. you've told me thus far, whoever that first advisor is, I don't think I'd even have another conversation with that. I don't understand why are we focusing this all by itself as opposed to looking at it in the conjunction with everything else that's going on in your life. Yeah. And, and how, the, like going yeah. and let's take the severance and throw it in the stock market when you already have hundreds of thousands not in the stock market. Like why would, why does this matter? <laughs> What? How much would if you started Social Security today? How much would you receive? Twenty one hundred. Okay. So when we look at this number, right? You've already done the math here. Eighteen thirty nine. You said that. Um, so you barely, barely your your income will be at ten thousand two hundred a month, and you're living on one hundred and twenty a year, is what you said. Yeah. All right. So are and you we, confident we, you're not going to go back to work? Is, go, go tell us about your mortgage. Let's assume I'm not. My mortgage is 4500 I mean, 45000 And I, we actually have an account that um, I, I am determined to convince my husband to um, pay it off with. Yeah, because you're not getting any um, tax deductions. So, you, you owe forty five grand on your mortgage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did any of the fiduciaries tell you to pay off the mortgage immediately? No. They are not good no. fiduciaries. Pay off your mortgage yeah, immediately. Your husband I would give you, take this and pay the mortgage off. I would pay it off right now. <laughs> before I yeah. Before I'd invest in And don't even ask your husband because you don't have to convince him. It was your income. You made it. You're going to take 100% of that severance. You're going to pay taxes on it. You're going to pay the mortgage off. Okay. And throw the rest in your brokerage account. That, okay. Throw the, the, what literal was um, left, throw into the brokerage account. But better than that, Scott, she can increase her 401k contributions and 457 right. contributions to the maximum. Are you work for the state? County? Municipality? No. Um, oh. 401k? Uh, uh, telecommunications. I would put as, I would put as I much. I actually took. Go ahead. Really? Put as much? I did the opposite. I stopped on my 401k. I know. I know. We would put as much as possible. You're in a high tax year. You get really? the severance coming on top of your severance other pay. Severance comes as ordinary income. It's probably one of the highest yeah, tax years. Yeah, but I won't be working f- for six I months won't be out of the year. From August to the end of the year. Yeah, but do you make? Uh, if you don't want to do, it, then use the Roth 401k. Either which way. Okay. Um, yeah, I uh, I make about one fifty, one sixty. Okay, so. Th- that's Normally, this year, yeah, so it wouldn't this, be that much more. But it'll be more, and it's still more than you're going to be making in 2023, 2024, 2025. That's true. 2026. When you're in a lower tax bracket. So I would clearly use the 401k if yes. I were you. So that's your highest, highest return. Pay <laughs> off the mortgage arbitrary. immediately. Okay. You're going to need less to live on. Take the rest yeah. and put it into your uh, 401k, either Roth or not Roth. And um, I okay. would hold off on the. Um, I would hold off on the. Uh, I'm just curious. Social so, Security. 
You talked to these two financial advisors of sorts that you referred to as fiduciaries. So I'm assuming they're fee-based advisors of some sort. Did, yes. did you offer up anything else that's going on in your life? Did they ask questions or did they just, or is one it? One did, one didn't. One did, one, one. The um, first one did not. Three-year-old. I'm sorry, what? Three-year-old what? The first one. The first one did not ask any questions. Clearly. They, they, uh, he used, he used um, uh, information that was uh, three years old and had half of my wealth. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, was, I was really disappointed. But the other one was, came up with the idea of not taking, to, of living on it and not, not taking Social Security, thereby getting an automatic 5.9% yeah. return. I would, I, so I would, which I thought was really clever. Well, it, 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 you're not really, because you, 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 you're missing out on having that income. So yeah. it's not really. So, but, but I would hold off on the Social Security for a couple of years to see if you went back to work. May or may not. Okay. I know how you're feeling today. Like, I'm not going to go back to work, but that may dissipate over time. You might do some part-time consulting or who knows. You, they may miss you so much at work. They beg you to come back and they, they fill your office with flowers every day and thank you for coming in. We have no idea. And I've had clients do all kinds of interesting work around the globe on kind of part-time assignments after they've retired and thought they would never work again. So, and then start, take the difference out of your, um, your brokerage account that you need to live on. And I, Laura, I would really, I mean, the best way to answer these questions is to doing some retirement planning, having all your assets together. You can do some social security analysis and look at how it's going to impact for when you're 70, 75 and 80. And then you know, statistically, your husband's going to predecease you, odds are. So how do we plan around that, et cetera? And um, that's why when Pat said it's really important, is it joint in 50% or joint like knowing what those things are, those all, all those things uh, come into, come into play. And really it's after you've gone through that exercise, then we say, all right, we've got the severance coming in. It's, it's just, we can add it to the bucket of other assets. And then how are these, how is it appropriately to be managed? But clearly I think Pat and I are both really strong about maximizing your 401k with that this year. So glad you called us. Let's head now to Texas. Talk with Carl. Carl, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey, guys. I've been listening for about five years now. And before I give you my question, you guys have to do two things. Number one, you need a two-hour show. And number two, number two, you got to come give your live talks on the East Coast, not just the West Coast, all right? All right. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Two hours. I mean, we barely have enough. No, we used to uh, on Terrestrial Radio years ago. Your attention span is way, way, way... Yours. I'm going to agree with you. My <laughs> okay. attention span is. Both was that a us, duck? Baby. Is that a duck? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what can we okay. do for you? All right. So here, here, here's my question. I want to do a for my for an IRA for a dividend portfolio. Now, two ways of doing it. One way is uh, a managed portfolio by Schwab has one, Fidelity has one, uh, or to subscribe to one of those services where they tell you what to buy. And but anyway. The, the problem with both all of those is that you need to they these managed these managed ones have about a hundred different holdings and which to me is really a lot you know just a lot of positions. My, the other idea I thought was rather than do that, why not put it all into a dividend ETF? For example, Schwab's got one. They have a dividend ETF. Mm-hmm. They also have a managed portfolio. Mm-hmm. Well. I, was, I looked at the two over like a good, you know, seven-year period, and the ETF did either as well or almost as well as their portfolio at one-tenth the cost. As do one would expect. So do you see an issue with that, like, like no, not well, having... So whole, here's it depends. If this, is in an, if this is all uh, IRA or 401k money, I would think the, the yes. ETF would be superior. If, on the other hand, you've got a sizable uh, stake outside of uh, retirement accounts, then maybe you're better off having some sort of managed uh, account or a, a synthetic dividend. I mean, a, a synthetic uh, index. Yeah, so, so that you could actually manage the tax ramifications yes. of it. So is this money inside of an IRA or outside of an IRA? 
It's inside. I don't want to do outside because then I would pay tax on the dividends. That's I don't need the income. Okay. I don't need it. And do you have the rest of your portfolio as growth or or or, or fixed income? Is this just a portion of your it's, portfolio? It's, it's, I don't have fixed income. It's 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 mostly growth. That's why I want to do value. Okay. So I figured a dividend portfolio. Yeah. I would use the ETF. It. Just use the ETF. <clears throat> and what percentage of the portfolio are you putting in directly into value? Oh, uh, I, I I don't know, but it should be at least like one third. Uh, I, I think growth will come back someday. You, you know, I, my guess is that you probably have one third in value anyway. So you want to, if you pulled the S&P, I, I assume you use like total market or the S&P in your portfolios. Yes. So you've, you've already got yes. an allocation of value. So what you wanted to do is overweight the value portion of your portfolio. I see. Because you've I already see. got value okay. in yeah. that S and P five hundred. That might have been something to do six months ago. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I don't know. But rather than move to value, which we answered your question, if you're going to do it, use the ETF. I question why you're doing it okay. at all. Because over a long period of time, whether you you want to feel this way or I want to feel this way, right? You never would have asked this question about a value stock two years ago, right? Correct. Or three years ago. So every portion of your portfolio will have its day in the sun. I question whether you're trying to move portions of that portfolio to what you think is going to do well, just based or on a hunch. Or seems less risky. Or seems less risky. Yeah. So I would actually – Dig into the portfolio itself. And if you're going to overweight value, just do it a little bit. Don't bet the farm on it. But if you hold the right. total market or if you hold um, the S&P 500, a third of your portfolio is in value anyway. I, my guess is that if you're probably overweighted, most portfolios are overweighted large cap and are underweighted mid and small. And if I were to look at your portfolio, my guess – just from doing this for 30 years is that you're probably underweighted mid and small and you're actually going to get more juice out of the portfolio by actually going through and representing those versus going to the value side. Does that make sense? I see. I'm mostly in like growth, growth funds, growth stock funds, both all, all caps, uh, large, mid and small. And are you mostly so actively managed funds? Yes. Why? Yes. Oh, that's from years ago. It's uh, I know it was before all this indexing started. The beautiful and thing, the beautiful thing about your retirement accounts, though, there's no tax consequences, so you can you can rip it apart and rebuild it with with very little cost, like no cost. True. So what you want to do is okay, is, is is here's how you do it. You think about it as remodeling a house, right? If or some people call it a remodel, I call it a marriage test. Um, so what you do is you take a look at what you want the final product to look like. Yeah. Then you take a look at the tax portion of the portfolio, the brokerage side that you don't have a lot of flexibility in. And then you take the stuff that you have on the IRA side and have the ability to build around. And that's how you build the ultimate portfolio. And you treat it as one okay. portfolio uh, from a design standpoint, two portfolios from a tax standpoint. Yep. I see. Okay, sounds good. All right, appreciate the call. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, thanks Carl. Yeah. Thanks for the kind words. And and indexes. If you're indexing in a retirement account, ETFs, there's no there's no real benefit of getting a separately managed account or synthetic index. But if it's if you have several hundred thousand, a million, two million dollars, and or more outside of retirement accounts, you might be better off getting an index, but have, have it built for you. There's technology now that can build an entire portfolio for you, mirror an index without having the 6,000 securities you'd need for the total market. Uh, but from a tax-managed standpoint, it could be extremely beneficial because you can do tax loss harvesting throughout the year. And then if you do any sort of charitable giving or any, any estate planning where you're gifting any appreciated assets, it's really easy to to take advantage of that. If you're building a portfolio from scratch, but if you've already got index funds in your portfolio that have large capital don't, gains. 
Don't sell them just for that. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's a new technology that wasn't available yesterday. It's a, it's, a couple of years ago. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> like, like, that looks great. Well, the cost of no. getting there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to do that. So. And now let's talk with Bob. Bob, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi. Thank you very much for taking my call. Yeah. What can we do for you? Um, so my question is, uh, my wife and I are both in our late 40s. And we both work for the same healthcare system that has pensions, and um, we're eligible to retire at 50. However, I don't know. My wife will probably retire then, uh, retire from full-time work, that is. Um, but my question has to do with determining whether or not it's a good idea for one of us to take the lump sum option, since we're both in the same system. Um, if you take the lump sum, can you maintain your medical? Well, no, and uh, they don't do double coverage, and so currently we are yep. under my wife's yep. medical. And yep. so um, if you take the lump sum, you separate completely, I believe. That's right. And so that would be a big deal. Um, that would be. By a- the way, this isn't the case for most private employers, but in some health uh, plans. It, it, so the, 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 the only, only – <laughs> that is a um, – in most cases, if you're retiring 50 – and they don't do co- double coverage. You've got until you've got 15 years before you're going to hit the Medicare, and even then, they copay. Most of these plans will put copay on a Medicare. Um, it it would almost always drive you to take the monthly pension because of that well, uh, health insurance. Yeah, but I would be covered if, let's say, I took the lump sum. I would be covered under my wife. Yeah, got it. So what? Pension. Here's, I mean, here's how you so, could, if if the plan was to take the lump sum and let it grow for several years, roll it to an IRA, let it grow, not take the income from it. Fifty's pretty young, uh-huh. right? Um, number one, number two, ha- have the health insurance from the the spouse who's who's still working or or the plan it's still covered under, I should say, and then maybe three. Maybe make sure there's some life insurance in place should the uh, the spouse who's maintaining the benefits pass away early. There's some money there to fund a, an insurance, a health, a health insurance policy but on the in, outside. Now, in saying that. That's how you make it all work. Then what you have to do is at the time to you make the election, you have to do a net present value calculation. And that okay. your lump sum will change on an annual basis based or upon Or maybe this, quarterly. Yeah, correct. Based upon this underlying interest rate. So the higher right. the interest rate that they're using to determine the, the size of the lump sum, the lower the lump sum. The lower right. the lump it sum. It seems when you look at the calculation that about every five years, it kind of doubles. And I don't know exactly what well, well, that, that is. Well, that's something completely – there's another driver there. That has to do with years of service and your mm-hmm. age is the driver of the pension, the, the value of the pension. Okay. Once you get to the pension, then you have to determine the lump sum, right? So let's say we calculate your pension at $3,000 a month. If the interest rate is 8% that they're using in a net present value calculation, um, then the lump sum will be smaller than if they use a 4% interest rate. Now, if that doesn't make for some good podcast commentary, I don't know what does. The answer to your question is don't worry about whether you're going to take the lump sum until you need to get right there, month, two months, three months before you need to make the decision because you have no idea what the interest rates are going to look like in two years or three years. Okay. Right? Okay. So I could, you could come in today question. and I could tell you to take the lump sum today and you could come in next year and I'd say that's just a that's crazy right. idea to take the lump sum. Okay. Okay. Uh, do, what, do I have time for one more question? Sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I listen to your show every the podcast every Saturday, and I love it. But and I hear you uh, guys talk about uh, you know having your mortgage paid off uh, by a certain point before you enter into retirement. And fortunately, I took advantage of the low interest rates in the last year, and I'm in a 15 year at 1.875. Oh, don't pay it off. Fixed. <laughs> yeah, don't and pay so it off. I, I have a hard time thinking to pay it off. Don't pay it off. Or nope. putting extra to it. Do not. Do not. Do not. No. Nope. No. In okay. fact, um, just that put if you rate. have if you have more, um, if you if you have excess income, put more into your Roth IRA or put more into your four hundred one k or four fifty seven or brokerage account. But at one point eight five, you know, 
You can buy two, or, two to treasuries above that, right? Yeah, today. and nothing in, in 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 life is an absolute, which is why financial planning is a relatively personal act. Right. Okay. Sounds Brilliant, good. by Thank the way. One point eight five. Either yeah. you're super lucky or super smart, but we're going to give them both to you. <laughs> nice. I tell you about it. it. Always this show always seems to go faster than it does. Um, I think in thirty years. The show. How many years are we doing? Twenty eight. 27. 27 years. 27 years. Holy smokes. Feels like 30. I remember how nervous I was the first time I did it. I was shaken. Yeah, I was too. Yeah, it was pretty nervous. It was live at Talk 650, a little studio in Rancho Cordova, California. Yes, yes. We and have... I had my but my friend um, uh, Dan Dice call in because I, I lined up some callers <laughs> no, in case no, no one, one No one's going to call? Yeah, so Dan Dice called in. That it was nice. Me. How is Dan? I don't know. I haven't talked to Dan in a number of years. <laughs> we'll have to go back and listen to His that. His cabin burned down in uh, last year's fire. Oh, in the Caldor fire? Yes, unfortunately, because oh. I did reach out to him and say, hey, oh, you're Dan, you're... you're, you're well, anyway, if uh, you'd like to uh, join our show uh, any time of day or night, you can leave us a message at 833-99-WORTH, 833-999-6784. And if you'd like to talk with one of our advisors, we do have advisors. We've got about 100, 100 advisors. We've got physical presences in many cities, but we also have uh, a lot of clients just meet through us um, through Zoom or whatnot. And um yeah, if you think maybe it makes some sense to talk to an advisor, feel free to reach out to one of our advisors because we'd be happy to um, have a conversation with you. And if you want to learn more about um, some of the things that Allworth provides or just educate yourself some more in some uh, particular areas, uh, go to allworthfinancial.com um, f- forward slash articles. We'll give you the latest articles. We also have a newsletter that comes out every Saturday morning. If you're not getting that, you can sign up for that at allworthfinancial.com. I think you'll find it helpful. We've got a variety of different guides, etc. all at allworthfinancial.com. So this is all the time we've got. We'll see you next week. This has been Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence. 